It's your calling with Terry Whitehead and Vince Tracy. Items in the news that you might have missed. Europe calling. So, very good day, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. The date is the 23rd of March, 2023. Uh, Very windy today, but still a lovely day. Lovely spring day, actually. If you're in the shade, maybe you need a coat on, but uh, if you're walking, you certainly don't. Let me just uh, quickly go to the west about uh, three quarters of an hour. Sensible drive-in. I should found Terry... So, Terry, a very good day to you, and um, I believe you're suffering with pollen or possibly something more uh, cold or something like that. Well, how are you feeling? Uh, I think it's probably Croydon flu. I spent the weekend in Croydon last uh, oh. last weekend, and uh, no, I don't think it's flu, but it's certainly a cold. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, of course, there's something there. I must admit, I've never seen a place go downhill so much in my life. I go there every year, uh, this, this time of the year, for a meeting. And my God, well, I won't be staying in the centre of Croydon again, I promise you. It's, it's, bloody hell. it's like a Ukrainian war zone. It's awful. Wow. Well, that's uh, not good to hear because my mum's side of the family came from Beckenham, which is not that far away. Oh, oh, oh so that's still sweet. That's lovely there. That's really nice. Too. Good, good. And uh, the, the more I think about uh, your, your situation, to me, it's probable that you've picked something up on the plane because I think the number of people that go on a plane uh, and then come back and get a cold, uh, it's, it seems to be a common denominator so often. So um, possibly yeah. that's where you got it. Anyway, I, I hope you're taking your lemons. <laughs> All right, Terry. Uh, well, here we go then. So uh, here's the first one. A reminder to our listeners that I look for things in the papers that I find should be getting a little bit more uh, publicity, uh, exposure, call it what you will. And for some reason, they seem to be sidelined and not really discussed. So our first one concerns a Catholic deputy school head teacher. Uh, it doesn't make very uh, good reading, uh, quite honestly. We're talking about a deputy school teacher, uh, head teacher. And uh, having worked with these uh, pe- people, I expect a lot more uh, from a Catholic school and a deputy head teacher who watch child rape videos. Uh, And so what's been happening because he's uh, watched these particular videos He's been banned from teaching for life. Okay, well, we'll we'll discuss whether that's enough as we look at the name Richard Swinnerton, just in case you're anywhere near this guy and maybe uh, you'd prefer not to be. Um, This was at St. Clair's Primary School in Middlesbrough, North Yorkshire. And he was watching the sick clips on the dark web, which we have discussed from time to time. I personally never want to be there. I don't know anything really other than the fact that it exists. And I don't want to try and find anything more than that. Um, But he was busy watching that while his wife and own child uh, slept upstairs. Officers from the National Crime Agency raided his home and arrested him during the pandemic. Uh, The paedophile, good, they are actually calling him what he is, pointed them to his laptop and said, it's me, I have been looking at the indecent images. He was later convicted and handed a suspended jail sentence. A disciplinary panel has now banned Swinnerton from teaching in England indefinitely. Um... Okay, he then goes on to tell us he admitted in court to possessing 95 indecent images of children using a router, uh, the 87 of them being in the most sadistic and serious category. Um, so he'd viewed the videos using the router, which gave him access to the dark web. 
the, according to the court. The paedophile said he'd been accessing indecent images for the past 12 months when his wife and child were upstairs in bed. Swinnerton also admitted that he had been looking at the images over the past year and told police in an interview uh, that he was sexually attracted to children. Now, at Teesside Crown Court in 2020, he was given a 10-month prison sentence, suspended for two years, and was given a 10-year-long sexual harm prevention order. The prosecutor, Sean Dryden, previously told Teesside Crown Court he actively searched images of children and confirmed the purpose of the church was not for his own sexual gratification. He would view the images on a weekly basis for about half an hour. Now, I do feel before we start discussing this that we look at um, what I found probably the most relevant of the comments underneath uh, this particular article. And um, this was somebody obviously from uh, Wales saying uh, suspended sentence. If there wasn't a demand for this stuff, then no one would make it. Therefore, he should get life in prison and have to uh, prove he's no longer a threat to society before he's paroled after a minimum 30 years. I hope his wife has left him. And then one other um, doesn't say where it is. It's the usual done roaming. Um, uh, I just cannot cope emotionally anymore reading so many similar stories to this in the media. I can't get my head round the mindset of any adult who would find pleasure in such heinous crimes against children. As for those tragic children so horrifically abused, my heart is truly breaking for them. I wish I could rescue them all. Terry, uh, this guy and these activities are horrible. Uh, I don't think there's any other way we can really describe them. Um, and it's good that at least the paper calls him a paedophile, even if it didn't mention that word in the headline. So over to you uh, to get your first reaction. Well, well, I agree with the suspended sentence, Vince, but it should be from a length of rope with a short drop. Yes. Um People, people, yeah, I've got to say people. I was going to say animals, that's being awful to animals. People like this um, are an accident waiting to happen, basically. But he admits he finds uh, children uh, sexually attractive to himself. <coughs> Pardon me, everyone of this, I've got a lovely cold one, you know. <coughs> but he, he, he cannot be, I mean, suspended. He has to be under control. He has to be, and there he can do that, he's in, in, a, in, a, in a prison, uh, a prison uh, environment. But, all right, let's, let's, let's make it a bit better for him. Let's say uh, he's got to be in Broadmoor or somewhere. He's got to be somewhere where he can be, uh, be controlled and, and locked away well, forever. If, if he's not, if they can't, I don't think this is something you can cure, Vince. I think it, if you've got a guy who's a serial killer, then you, you take him out of society because he will just keep on killing. Now this this bloke, well, hopefully he's never he's never attacked any any children. Hopefully we don't know. Um, but should he be allowed amongst society? And if you've got a suspended sentence, that's exactly where he is. And he's already admit, admitted that he's got a problem. Then help the bloke with his problem and put him away permanently. He has to be put away permanently until such times that somebody could say that, yeah, he's uh, he's now he's now no longer got these tendencies of will it. But it has to be that way. He, he, he's he's out there, and while he's out there, and if he's living in my area or going to be driving through my area, I'm not going to want my little kiddies and grandchildren and great grandchildren. I'm not going to be very happy uh, that they're going to be safe out there in, in their innocence. That people like him could be stalking them. And let, uh, all right, let's just keep this sweet. He's not been not been committed of of, of, of attacking a child. But obviously, that's the next step with what he's looking at. Because if somebody's smoking marijuana, for instance, as a comparison, uh, which is basically there's nothing really wrong with that apart from the stink. But if somebody's smoking marijuana, it's a logical step. You're going to go to try something a little bit stronger. You're taking it because of the kick. You may well think, well, this kick's perhaps not quite strong enough for me. I need something a bit stronger. So it does, it does lead to other substances and substance abuse. 
And I fully believe that's exactly the same with these people with kids. If 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 they're they're, they're looking at uh, searching the dark web to look at children being abused and God forbid how 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 those how those you know, that the kids are all right and they've got away or you just don't need a lot to think about it, Vince, do you? Well, that man cannot be out on the street, Vince. Number one, suspended sentence, yeah, from the end of a rope. Failing that, stick him in broad more and more. We'll look, we'll review his case in 60 years' time. I, um, within my career as a teacher, um, I went in after I'd been doing various other things. And the one thing I did feel always, I felt that there were so many teachers and management in schools uh, where they hadn't got a clue really um, about life in a general context. And certainly um, they always seemed to think that the only thing that was paramount was the um, the subject material, which of course uh, you've got to have good teachers to be able to deliver the sort of education that will uh, allow good learners. But I think it goes above and beyond that. I think that you've got to look at other uh, aspects of uh, teachers and uh, we all grew up and you and I have t- uh, spoken about nicknames that we have for teachers and very often uh, we knew certain teachers were a bit suspect um, because of the names that they've been given whilst we've been students. Now of course you know um, I- I've been uh, into the situations where um, you you you're influenced by these people, so you know very often like minds attract like like minds, and if you've uh, got a vacancy coming up, uh, it could be even worse than just uh, being caught with his hand in the till, so to speak, with this particular thing. It could be that you know good teachers are being blocked by people who just haven't got a clue how to behave. And quite honestly, uh, I think anybody who is using the dark web, they have a knowledge of the technical side of uh, accessing the Internet far in excess of most people. And therefore, he's not only uh, able to do it, but he's able to hide his tracks for a while. And um, uh, good riddance for me. And I I don't think that's a sufficient punishment. Because really, uh, he could get another job and go and do exactly the same, find something where children can be accessed, and he knows how to do it. So I don't think that's the right punishment at all. I think well, he should well, exactly be in jail. That, that's what he's going to do, isn't he? Yeah. He, he, the, the clue's in the fact that he came out and admitted to the police what he's been doing. Yeah. So that was almost like a cry for help. I've been caught with my pants down, pardon the pun. Um, and I know I need help, so I, I, in my clear mind now, I have to admit it, and, and he's calling for help. Fine. Um, then you're going to get help in a, in a, in a restricted uh, access situation, as far as I'm concerned. He cannot be free on the streets. No. He cannot be free. It's, it's impossible. I, Absolutely I, impossible. I don't... Either that or somebody who's had a child who's been sexually abused is going to find that bloke and do something to him. So, I don't think they can ever recover because I think the trouble is, um, it's in it's in there, isn't it? You can't. It won't. It won't ever stop. And much as I feel uh, that uh, you've got to take a very hard line, I think the uh, importance is looking after the children because the children need looking after um, in loco parentis. And I think that, quite honestly, um, if he's been doing it while his wife is upstairs and his child is upstairs uh, asleep, then, um, you know... I, I just, uh, I really think that there is no hope for somebody like that. Lock them up. I'm sorry. Uh, you can be as kind as you like and you can be as uh, as uh, genuine a nice person as you like to try and help him. Uh, but he is not going to be helped because, quite honestly, the devil's in there for me. Terry, um, I'll move on because we've got quite a lot to get through and um, there'll be others that will disagree with us, uh, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay, so we go next to the politics of the United Kingdom. Um, And although we do try to look for things uh, from Spain, 
Uh, it's very often more pressing to get things from the UK and Sir Keir Starmer is at the centre of a hypocrisy row after it was revealed he has a unique pension deal that allows him to avoid tax on his savings. At the same time, he's opposing a government reform, uh, doing exactly the opposite. The Labour leader criticised the Chancellor, Jeremy Hunt's plans, announced in last week's budget to abolish uh, the tax-free limit on pension savings, a move designed to prevent skilled NHS medics from retiring early. He attacked the cap, which has stood at 1.07 million, describing it as a huge giveaway to some of the very wealthiest because it is not limited to medical staff or other key sectors. Uh, the Telegraph, this is in, claimed that Kia is himself exempt from tax rules. He would apply the same rules to other workers who save more than the £1 million under a special arrangement with the government from his time as Director of Public Prosecutions for England and Wales between 2008 and 2013. Labour, of course, as you'd expect them, defended the Labour, uh, the, the leader with Shadow Justice Secretary Steve Reid saying it was set up by the Conservative government at the time. So if people have problems with it, they really need to speak to David Cameron and George Osborne. Sir Ian Duncan Smith, the former Work and Pensions Secretary, said politicians who take policy positions should recognise that complaining that others benefit while they themselves have also benefited uh, is as close to hypocrisy as it is possible to get. We're talking big money here, and um, I think that it's so uh, devoid of ordinary people with ordinary pensions that some of us probably find that one a difficult one, uh, a difficult concept. Um, Terry, what do you think about this? Nothing surprises me in the least, Vince, from every corner of, of politics. We've always known in our heart that politics uh, is, is corrupt. And uh, and the country we live in, in Spain, has been famous for it. In fact, uh, the, there was a phase where m most of the cabinet were, were ended up with with, with, with uh, sentences <coughs> for corruption many years ago. Um, and, and it's really it's quite commonplace, shall we say, in Spain, or even accepted. <coughs> but what I have noticed more and more and more. Uh, for instance, starting with uh, Donald Trump and uh, the shenanigans that he's beginning up to, and the fact that he had a uh, before, but <laughs> before he could take power, he had to get rid of one of his companies, which was was selling bogus uh, uh, university diplomas. He had to get rid of that, and now he's been presumably taken to court by Stormy Daniels, a, a hooker that he paid off uh, years ago. Anyway, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So the corruption was very blatant and in your eye and on the screen there, but it's totally accepted in the States. Uh, and it's not something that's really been part of British life, um, I must say. So it's, it, but, but it's coming out more and more and more. And, and, and really, it's everybody. And now you say Keir Starmer, the man who stands there with dribbling butter out of his mouth, trying to be as, as innocent as anybody. The man who we can all say was responsible for the fact that Jimmy Savile got away with what he did for so long. Uh, to actually now be be, uh, be brought out into the open to show that he has also been feathering his uh, line in his nest to, uh, to, to, to for his pension pot to avoid tax. Can't blame him. That's why, what it's all about, uh, to avoid tax. People do it, everyone does it, and, and but there again, people who throw stones should not live in glass houses. Uh, and I'm pleased. I haven't read that. So I'm, I'm pleased to hear. Very pleased to hear it. At least he now he appears to be more normal than he's been trying to be. But it, it's it's the state it's got to. What I'm getting to, Vince, is what on earth is happening in this world with the, the amount of corruption that we are seeing? The fact that the banks are tumbling all over the place yet again, yet again, and it won't stop. The power is in the hands of the wrong people. Who are the right people? I don't know. Anybody but them, basically. Um, how do you get the power back? Well, I don't know. Revolution, probably. You're not going to get it any other way. If, if these people are, are, are so connected uh, and so rich, they can buy anything. You can buy armies. You can buy everything you want. It's not a problem. 
it, it's, it is a horrible thing to contemplate. And I really, really am upset for my, my grandchildren. I mean, obviously, well, at my age, I haven't got that long left in them. But uh, the, so I'm, I'm not too worried myself personally. But of course, I'm worried for my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren. And so what sort of world they're going to be brought up into and live in, more to the point. And I only hope that they, they learn lessons on the way and try and find a way to stop it and bring, and bring it all to heel. Because bit by bit by bit, it's, to, it's coming around to that. Is that there's, a, there's a handful of people in this world, relatively speaking, who hold all the money and all the power. And if you hold the money, you hold the power anyway. Uh, or you can influence the power. So and and it, it's just so wrong, so 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 wrong. And I don't know where it's going, mate. And I don't know how we're ever going to get out of it, if we're going to get out of it, or is it all going to end up? I don't know. But apathy is the worst thing of all, Vince. People are apathetic. They don't do anything about it. They tut about it. They listen to the news. They moan and groan like I am now. But there aren't many that take to the streets and try and bring people's notice to it. And I've never really been a fan of, of street protests, etc. because generally speaking, they normally get hijacked by some anarchists or whatever. And the whole idea of their protest seems to get lost. But I'm getting to the point now that I'm thinking, listen, we're going to have to do this thing. We're, we're going to have to start to take control before it's too late. And you can't take control. And 1984 reads its, its head in the, in the, in, in the manner of uh, Big Brother. So I don't know, Vince. It's a hard one. I don't like it. I haven't got an answer for you. I'm very upset about it, and I don't know what's going to happen. No, I, I feel exactly the same. You feel uh, impotent. You can't do anything about it. But what also is difficult is that um, we've grown up, and uh, I think our generation tended to uh, believe uh, a lot of what we were told. Um, we saw democracy as a concept which has its faults, but uh, wasn't as flawed as we're now seeing it. Um, and uh, basically, uh, for myself, I went back and re-educated myself again when I was in my uh, mid-30s. And you now uh, see so many things, really, that you don't feel uh, were uh, that bad when you were younger, becoming really bad now. And from my way of looking at it at the moment... Uh, what's even more depressing is that if you walk out and about, in a general sense, maybe it's just Spain, but you see more good people about than bad people. And, uh, you know, if you go into the shops and if you're walking round and if you're being uh, fairly uh, observant, you don't see many bad people. Um, OK, bad people don't have a sign over them, but, you know, their b behaviour can give you a clue. Um, I saw plenty last weekend, Vince. Don't, don't worry about that one. I mean that. I seriously mean that. I was, I, I was in that town, Croydon, and I've never seen anything like it in my life. Obviously, centres of towns are uh, often places of uh, disrepair, but this was moral disrepair. I didn't see a policeman. Not one. I was there for three days. I didn't see one policeman at all. At all. And there was things going on uh, that weren't uh, very nice at all, that weren't going on uh, you know, over last year, for instance, um, when I was there. I go there every year, like I say. And it's, it's uh, you're quite right. I think in this country, Vince, in Spain, if anybody's going to do anything about anything, it will be this country. Because Spain, the Spanish, have... Uh, can be very vocal. Well, they're going to be now shortly because we've got elections coming up in by local elections. And the end of the year, we've got national elections. So it's, it's open season at the moment for, uh, for uh, politicians to get out there and tell more longers about each other, uh, as they do in England, become the norm in England. But the, 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 to believe me, I do believe, I have great faith in the Spanish, that they, if anybody, uh, are capable of doing something about it uh, and pulling their country back from the brink. We don't see the same depravity in this country that you see in the UK. Um, and for that reason alone, I have every faith that this country in Spain will um, will get a grip of this before the rest of the world does. Because yeah. for me, the rest of the world is just not seeing it's not happening. They believe in all the crap they're being fed from all sides of the of, the, of, of democracy. That's the trouble. Yeah. There's no there's no leading light in democracy. There's no leading light in Spain Spanish democracy. Don't get me wrong. It's 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 uh, it's an awful uh, mixture of well it's a massive mixture 
uh, in Parliament right across the board. Yeah, which means there's no uh, there's no majority. Uh, so it, it's really sort of controlled mayhem. Yeah. But uh, I, I believe that this country, if any country can do it, Spain can do it. Spain may well just, just take to the streets and get rid of the corruption that they know has been there for donkey's years. They know it. So I think they might just do that because I think they're capable of doing it. I think they've got more cojones certainly than the people of Britain. Yeah. I'm very sorry to say that. All I see in Britain is apathy. Okay, uh, well, uh, how can things change? Uh, my thoughts are with the media, which is where we're going next. Uh, let's see whether or not we get any guidance. Okay, so this is something that I felt needed to be discussed, which is basically, um, what is the point of the BBC uh, when it was set up? Of course, the whole model was really, uh, it came from a Calvinist point of view. That was the first uh, director general um, who basically, uh, you know, they had, they did have morals, whether or not, uh, they were old-fashioned by today's standards. I think uh, we can see that this is what's lacking. And so I'm reading the article. Surely it's to offer some coverage, um, the whole point of the BBC, uh, that commercially funded broadcasters can't uh, offer or won't offer. I'd guess that about 90% of anti's output is equaled or surpassed in quality by independent rivals. So uh, the article went on to say the BBC isn't preeminent in soap operas, comedy, dramas and most sports. Arguably, the Beeb still offers unmatched news coverage on television and radio, largely because it employs more journalists than any other media organisations, even if some of them betray the leftist prejudices of a metropolitan elite. The corporation also produces better natural history programmes than any other channel. A good example is the current <laughs> series of Wild Isles on BBC One, introduced by David Attenborough, which celebrates the wonders of British wildlife. Otherwise, one has to search pretty hard to find unre unrivaled excellence. Classical music is one of Auntie's few remaining treasures, though less valued by her highly paid uh, panjandrums uh, than it used to be. The institution is home to the BBC Singers, the only professional chamber choir in the country, and supports five full-time orchestras. It employs more than 400 musicians and many more on a freelance basis. So then uh, the... Uh, there's a lot more waffle before we go to a conductor called Sam Evans has attracted dozens and dozens of videos from choirs in Britain and around the world protesting against the corporation's decision. Um, and uh, this is to uh, get rid of the, uh, the biggest choir uh, that they have and expressing solidarity with the BBC singers. Mr Evans says the choir is responsible for commissioning far more new music for choir than any other group. It turns out that the BBC singers are not the preserve of a pipe-smoking, duffel-coat-wearing, tiny minority. Lots of people cherish them. And why should we be surprised? Uh, why should we be surprised? According to Mr Evans, two million people sing in choirs across the country every week. Millions more care about classical music. The Beeb executives lamentably fail to recognise these truths. They don't understand the esteem in which the BBC singers are held and so demonstrate how out of touch they are with the country uh, they're supposed to be serving. Of course, it is far from being the only example of sizeable sections of the population being ignored by the BB because she deems them unfashionable and not part of the trendy youth culture before which she likes to abase herself. In recent years, the corporation's religious broadcasting has dwindled. Let me just uh, scroll this down. The one, the last piece of the information. Um, so we then go to... Um, uh, has dwindled to carols at Christmas, a Radio 4 programme at an ungodly hour on a Sunday morning and a BBC One Songs of Praise long relegated from its peak 
tea time slot to the full uh, to the lull before lunch, which these days seems to have little to do with religion. Uh, so um, BBC Four is doomed uh, to be taken off television and go online. Uh, and of course, uh, this is contrasted with the money that the corporation pays out to the likes of Gary Lineker. So uh, it's all the quality things that are being cut out at the expense, for example, of one person with his 1.7 million, I think it was the latest figure. So uh, the BBC, your thoughts on all that uh, I was just reading, Terry? Well, I've always asked the BBC, but I must admit that lately it's become more venomous and more venomous and more left-wing and anarchist. And the way they they don't present the news anymore, the news always presented with uh, their per- personal, whoever's reading the news, political angle of it. Do you know a poison question? Uh, yesterday, uh, Boris Johnson, maybe you like him or not, was in front of, uh, of the House of Commons Committee defending his actions uh, that, that, uh, regarding party votes. I've got my own thoughts on that, but that doesn't matter. Uh, I, if I was reading the news, I'd be reading the fact that, that exactly the facts. Uh, Boris Johnson was at the House of Commons Committee, blah, blah, blah. But no, it's read with a sneer in the voice and mentioning parties and parties all the time. Uh, in other words, you, can, you know, you can draw your own conclusions as to where their political bias and leanings are. And they are, it's, it's a way of brainwashing people, thinks. The BBC is supposed to be uh, a neutral entity. They all are supposed to be a neutral entity, but again, mentioning Donald Trump, I, I, had, I had great fun watching the uh, the different news stations in America before the last elections, uh, the Trump-Biden elections, uh, watching the different news stations, because they were giving the same news with a different angle from the Republican side or the Democrat side. And it, it's amazing. It's quite fun to, to, to hear people judiciously uh, uh, pronounce their idea of what the facts are. Uh, and, 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 and they bear no relation to the truth nine times out of ten. Well, that's been happening again with the BBC for quite some time now. And I, I've been turning away from it. I'm trying to find a neutral news station. It's very difficult. A neutral news station of any sort of worth where I can watch the news and make my own thoughts and, and decisions. Not be told what to think. Uh, this is where the media has a responsibility and they don't use it. They talk about Facebook, etc. and TikTok and God knows what else where they should have responsibility to the, to the people that, that, that use it. But for God's sake, man, what the television stations? Uh, the, the, they are now, they are the political front. Newspapers, forget it, they're out the window over there. It's now the, to the TV stations. And of course, whoever's in charge of the TV station runs the political angle of the, uh, of the station. Having said that, it's the guy who's the chairman of the uh, BBC uh, it was supposedly Boris Johnson's puppet because he organised an £800,000 loan, apparently, for him. You would think that that person would be right-wing leaning. I mean, if he's the chairman of the company that's right-wing leaning, why is his company, the BBC, far left-leaning? Answer, the chairman's got no control whatsoever over what goes out on the air. So who has got control? It's... This is the dangerous side. Who's got control of the media? You know, I'm not, you know it's going to end up where somebody's going to... What happened years ago? Before there's a revolution, what do you do first? You take out the go media. the media, you, you, you of course. Up, or you take over the TV stations. Yeah. You keep people in the dark. And then you go out on the streets and sort the rest out. It's going to end up like that if they're not careful. I just think, for God's sake, they're supposed to be journalists. They no longer look for the news. They create it. They take a, a gem of a, a germ of a, of, of a news article, bend it and shape it the way they want, and then project it to a to a fixed audience of millions of people, who, who can be some of them can be you know, pushed a certain way. Uh, it's awful. It well, really is awful. Terry, you Again, know I've. Ditto what I said before about I... living in living in this age. 
I I um I started working for the BBC when I was 23. Uh, like Gary Lineker, I'm on a uh, a, a contract. Uh, obviously, nowhere near his sort of eminence and um, nowhere near his sort of money. And uh, you know, I did really get autonomy to do what I wanted to do. Um, you know, I could play the music I wanted to play, and I virtually could say what I wanted to say until. One particular time when uh, the German ambassador was calling Liverpool a really dirty town, uh, when uh, both the late Don Woods and myself marched to the embassy and created uh, our own um, display of what we didn't like, what he was saying. And I got hauled into the station manager, Rex Borden's office, and told I had to be careful about uh, who I criticise. So, uh, you know, that's sort of just a little indication that people were listening even though I was given the autonomy now many many times over the last few weeks we've had articles telling us about the Chinese infiltration Uh, well of course they won't all be Chinese people but the Chinese communists uh, will have their agenda and will will know what they want uh, to be criticised. And another thing that I picked up uh, yesterday, um, no, it was the day before, and it was both on the IBA and the BBC, and it was the Mayor of London switching on the Ramadan. Uh, so big, big sign of Ramadan uh, is now starting. Uh, this was in London where it uh, was being uh, uh, activated and uh, my mind immediately went back to the run-up to Christmas when we were being told we could not use the word Christmas. If you remember, um, we were told it, uh, we had to use happy holidays because we don't want to uh, offend <coughs> other faiths. You just took the words out of my mouth, because I was, I was going to bring that up immediately. Great. Exactly. Okay. They're exactly my thoughts this morning when they announced Ramadan, and they gave it all the exposure. And then I thought, what happened to Happy Christmas? Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm with you on this one, Vince. Good. Okay. Um, look, I'll move on, because I think we've made enough of a point of this. Um, yeah. I think the last point will be, uh, if you've got the choice between Gary Liner, Lineker on 1.7 million and a choir with 400 people able to sing for the whole nation, um, I would imagine, from my way of looking at it, whoever makes that uh, corporate executive decision is obviously got to be politically motivated because they've got no knowledge of uh, how to utilise a budget sensibly from what uh, we're reading and from what we've seen before us and from what we know uh, as uh, anybody who watches football knows that anybody with half a decent knowledge of football could do what Gary Lineker's doing and has done for many years. So um, would, is, would you disagree with that or shall I move on? No, I agree entirely with him. agree entirely. He's, he's overrated. He was a clever little footballer. But because he's got a platform, he's making, he's, he's trying to make himself a political stage. Okay. Uh, and, he, and, he's, and he's so out of order. Okay, here's the jingle, then the next one. You're listening to Europe Calling with Terry Whitehead and Vince Tracy. All the news from Spain and the UK. Things you might have missed. <coughs> Okay, so um, we've got a story here that Britons have turned to mail order to get their cocaine, <laughs> with authorities recording a significant rise in seizures, uh, seizures of the Class A drug found in the post. Uh, this is a report in the papers. And the use of parcel and courier services rose sharply during pandemic lockdowns because drug traffickers could not reply on building uh, to transport drugs on planes. Experts said COVID-19 accelerated the trend, but it had been... um, Uh, Where are we? Building with evidence from Spain and Argentina suggesting a longer term decline in drug mules on flights. 
The United Nations report also found that yachts and small boats are being used for importing cocaine into Britain. In addition to ferry traffic from Europe ports, um, global cocaine production has now hit a record high due to a surge in demand after the pandemic with uh, coca cultivation uh, rising by 35% between 2020 and 2021. Comment that I picked up uh, from Sunderland. Unpopular opinion, but it's probably time to realise that the war on drugs cannot be won. Start to legalise drugs in controlled environments. Number of major positives. The drugs will be more pure and less additives added. Two, the government can tax and make up the deficit. Three, county lines will be reduced, putting less kids in harm's way. And finally, uh, gang crime theoretically should go down as there is less to control. Again, unpopular opinion here, but let's face it, drugs can be ordered faster than a pizza or at least it can be regulated and made a tiny bit safer for those wanting to take products. Um, I don't know about uh, you, Terry. I've never needed anything like this in my life. Have you? No, I agree. I agree. Uh, I have. I've tried... uh cannabis um i was in amsterdam um, uh, smoking it was, was horrible but uh space cakes as they call them the, the, the cannabis in a cake and two things happened firstly i lost the pain i had in my joints and secondly i had the best night's sleep i had in in living memory so i can understand um people using it for medicinal purposes and i believe it's like cbd oil or something i've not tried that i've not gone down that road I believe people are getting a lot of relief using CBD oil, which is derivative of the cannabis plant, without the hallucinogenic uh, properties. Uh, I believe people are getting help with that, and good luck to them. But as I said before, the, the, when you take drugs to get a kick out of life, you're going to keep finding a drug that gives you a bigger kick, and then you end up kicking somebody else. And that, that isn't good. And I, I do believe that cocaine... Vince, is a bigger problem in this world than communism because there's far more power and money in it uh, and it's everywhere it's everywhere and at every level in every country and I don't know again I haven't got a clue how you're going to get out of that one well you know uh, as well as I do at school I think uh, most people were sold the idea that sport was the antidote Uh, to things like drugs and so you know for me it was cross-country running and then uh, um, rugby and uh, and obviously when I came away from uh, school and uh, got into my judo career um, I just never needed any drugs I was always doing things and busy and when you look around and see uh, so many parents who take the children to activities and all this sort of thing um, there are so many good people about that you could be led to believe by switching on the TV every single night of the week and virtually every channel that everybody in the world is on drugs. Um, You you know, I I really... uh, There was something on last night, I can't remember the name of it now, (laughs) but, uh, you know, if there weren't 100 people killed in that particular film... um, I'm sorry. I, I I ended up, it's on, I'm not looking at it, um, and really I'd prefer it to be off. But, you know, you can't, in in uh, a marriage, you can't decide who's going to watch what. Um, uh, when, uh, when you get films like with Bruce Willis and his, the franchise of films that he had, where, I don't know, let's hazard a guess that during the film franchise uh, that, he, that, he, that he had, um, let's say he was shot at, Conservatively speaking, I would say a thousand times. He was never, he was never hit. He was never hit. So um, it gives a, a kids a false impression that you know you can be, you can think that you're the good guy and you won't get hit by anything, uh, or you can think you're the big guy and you won't get hit. <coughs> and that uh, alone, and, and uh, I don't know, I've never played one of these uh, computer games ever. I did play ping pong thing, I think, once for the kids and Super Mario when they were, that's it. But the, the now the, the real life, apparently, uh, <coughs> pardon me, the real life action games are so blood, blood curdlingly uh, evil. <coughs> I have to think that it's, uh, it has to be affecting kids' mentalities. 
Well, I think you're right. I, um, I know when we were hosting um, young children to come from the continent to our house in Cornwall, um, and then we were teaching them English while they lived with us. A number of times I had um, youngsters came over with their machines, wanting me to uh, plug in and let them look at their computers. You know, um, um, the first time it happened... Um, I, I'm unaware of any dangers at, the, at that time because I don't. I never have played computer games, and I never will do. Um, we put this one on, and uh, Anne had preferred the meal, and she called uh, the kid to the table, and the kid was uh, adamant that it was more important to hit level two um, on the, whatever game he was playing. And I told him, "Look, you know, if you don't come now, you won't get any food." And uh, he still wouldn't come, so I thought, "Okay," so I pulled the plug and I confiscated his uh, computer game till he went home. Now uh, unfortunately I don't think many other parents seem to take that um, course of action Uh, I'm pretty sure that my kids would have probably played with computer games at some time but not in my house they certainly didn't they've never never ever been encouraged to do so and unless they did it while I wasn't there or whilst I wasn't watching what they were doing they certainly didn't play computer games so that was my way of handling it well you got I don't know how you got away with that the parents come back to you no uh, because basically um, the minute I confiscated it I told the parents um, I said, uh, look, uh, they're here to learn English and I'm not having them coming in and doing things that I wouldn't allow my own kids to do. Um, uh, I remember we were even thinking of uh, fostering and uh, we were having sort of all the interviews to make sure that we were fit and proper people to foster children. And one particular day, this uh, lady came in from social services and she said, and um, just describe how you would um, look after these children. And I said, well, the first thing they'd do is, is they'd um, get out in the morning after having made the bed and then uh, go and get some fresh air. And she said, you'd um, make them make their bed? I said, yes. She said, you can't do that. I said, well, in that, in that case, in that case, I don't want to be a foster parent. I said, if, if that's what my own children do, uh, then they either do the same or they don't come here. And so we, we dropped that idea, never went near it again. Uh, the trouble is, you see, uh, th- 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 those are the standards that I want and those are the standards that I'm always going to have. And unfortunately, well, you know... Well, that means that the, the child in foster care is coming to you with the concept that, amongst other things, you will make his bed. He won't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which means that he's coming with a, a load of luggage, not just the stuff that he's got in his suitcase that could be uh, problematic. I mean, you did right. Absolutely, you did right. Well, the but, thing, uh, the thing it is... It seems a shame, because uh, uh, yeah, obviously a child would have been a good foster parent. Yeah, well, the, 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 the point for me is that I predate social services. And um, it was only when, uh, as somebody that I was relatively young, but, uh, you know, we had a fire in the club and uh, I didn't know what on earth I was going to do. And I was offered a job in uh, the Department of Health and Social Security and in the uh, Supplementary Benefits Office. Never heard of it. So I went along and um, I couldn't believe what was going on. And now we're talking 1976, I think it was. Um, So unfortunately, um, we've been on a slippery slope ever since the mid 70s where, you know, uh, people are mollycoddled. Then we then when I went into education and I find out the teachers aren't allowed to discipline uh, the the children. And of course, just before I finished doing supply work, uh, the kids are able to say what the hell they like to to the teachers but you can't do it the other way around it, it i'm sorry well whoever was making the wedge mate isn't it yeah uh, i mean well that, they brought out you can't slap the child i, I, I could slap in the child and there's given the, the child a, a, what you call in spanish a, a susto give him a little jump give him a little tap on uh the back of the leg or on the bum yeah um beating the child up is, is there's a difference uh, I firmly believe, um, as I've said before, I remember, I think I was caned three or four times at school. I remember every single occasion, and I know why I got caned. I don't, I don't remember an awful lot else what happened to me at school, but I do remember those occasions and why, why I got the cane. One of, one of them, certainly unjustly, but still, I had it. That was it. But 
so it made it made an impression. I don't think it made me a worse person. Uh, I think it could well have made me a better person. So uh, I think again, it's a thin end of the wedge. We're making a run for our own back. Uh, I'm, I'm, yes, you can't have, have parents beat, beating children up. That we've seen awful things over the years, baby peeing, etc., etc. Uh, things happening to children, but uh, things evil will always be in this world. Vince. You can't get rid of evil. You can't. Well, you can jump on it when you see it, and not give it a suspended sentence. Yeah, absolutely right. Okay, uh, just a couple more. Here's the first of these. Okay, so a video which, uh, again, when you're looking at online newspapers, you know, they can play horrible videos over and over and over. And it does seem um, that they seem to always want to play you violence. This is something that's all the time. But this particular video on this particular page showed hundreds of disgruntled holidaymakers standing tightly packed together in front of passport barriers. This was Faro Airport in Portugal, I think, um, after the airport staff called on uh, an unscheduled strike. The situation was so dire in the airport that a child fainted while others waiting in the queue before uh, being attended to by paramedics. Uh, this particular person from Essex was talking to the uh, Mail Online newspaper and uh, was saying that he'd been stuck in the queue, which saw people lining up the suspended escalators and stairs for nearly four hours after landing at Faro Airport at 10.55 in the morning uh, this guy was a plumber said the crowd were becoming increasingly agitated after the striking passport workers left only two border crossing o uh, control officers to deal with the influx of tourists uh, he said he was pretty certain these two staff members have now just gone to lunch and left us all here it looked like the black hole of calcutta and quite honestly, I wonder, um, I always thought there was some sort of legislation where you couldn't uh, call immediate strikes with certain groups of workers. Have I got that one wrong, do you know? Depends on the country, <clears throat> I think, Vince. It depends on the country. I, I do remember that the uh, Spanish air traffic control controls were always a pain in the backside over the years. And then the government said, uh, right, you're not going on strike anymore because you're now in the army, oh, sorry, the Air Force. So that, they, they put them technically into the Air Force, so you, you, you don't go on strike. Or if you do, then uh, that's mutiny. So that seemed to curtail the, uh, the air traffic controllers for a while anyway. But I don't know. I mean, they're trying to do that in the UK at the moment now, aren't they? Because of the rail strikes, et cetera, et cetera. Doctors going on strike. Um, but they're, they're trying to curtail that now. Uh, I can see the sense in it, but look, get get everybody on a proper wage. Give the people in the UK that abuse the national health service the donkey's years. Yeah, donkey's years. We we all expect to, to too much from the national health service and the, the hours that they have to put in. It's not a case of an, an eighty-hour week is a normal week. That can't be right, can it? Um, Fourteen pounds an hour. That's ridiculous, doctor. isn't it? They're going to get more Tesco's. Yeah. It's it's wrong. So get that right, and then you can start saying, "Yeah, all right, now no problem with the strike, but you're going to have to give the minimum staff or this, that, and the other, uh, make your process that one." And of course, they're losing the idea. The whole idea of strike is is supposedly the last alternative, having all other measures having broken down. But we do know the trouble is that unions, uh, hence the Labour Party, love a good strike because they they. Basically, tell an awful lot of lies and bits about people. There are some people who are striking for good things, but a lot of lies and crap comes out to to bend, to use it for political uh, leverage to to get some possible votes behind them in the next election. The political parties will jump on anything to get a vote, on all sides, left, right, central, whatever. And again, we're going right back to the very beginning. It's the corruption in society which is going to kill it. Well, I, I was reading during the week that. Uh, 
China is quite happy with all that's going on because basically uh, it'll just wait patiently whilst all these strikes totally undermine the economy and then when the time is right, whatever they've got planned can go ahead. But uh, I've got one last one coming up which uh, will take us up to the hour. So let's have a quick look at this one. Um, This is to do with electric cars. Okay, it's a UK startup called Kerbocharge, and it's announced the rollout of its groundbreaking self-closing cable channel for electric car owners following the approval of installations by one local council. The product is aimed at drivers living in houses without driveways and will let them safely plug in their EV into a domestic energy supply to charge up at cheaper rates than those offered by the public networks. With the price saving of charging at home compared to using the public uh, infrastructure calculated to be a saving about £1,439 a year based on average annual mileage of 7,400 miles. Uh, The £999 device, let's call it a thousand rather than mess about and fitting cost has the potential to pay for itself in less than 12 months however this sizable saving is only if you charge your ev overnight at off-peak times when the rate is lower and have access to that kind of tariff i don't know about you 7400 miles that doesn't seem an awful lot of miles for the year does it no well i do about thirty thousand kilometers what's that twenty thousand miles i <clears throat> yeah, well, that's exceptional. For, uh, but I think but, uh, 15... I suppose for the average person just doing short runs, it's probably about right. Maybe about right. Oh, I thought no. I thought nearer than fifth. I thought fifteen thousand would be about an average mileage on a car. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, I suppose you can, but work that backwards between uh, in how, in how, how many how many um, well, fifteen thousand. Let's do it now. Divided by fifty, so that gives you. Seven, seven and eight. That's three hundred mile a week. I don't think a lot of people do three hundred mile a week. You don't think so? No, nah. I'm sure I do. It three... depends. If you're going to work and back, you might be doing ten, fifteen mile a day, five days a week, seventy-five mile a day, and run around a bit. Of, I don't think many people do. I'd imagine the average would be about, you know, about more than seven and a half, but probably about ten. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm, I cover a massive area, so I'm, I'm typically driving four or five hours a day anyway. So. Right. Okay. Well, um, I mean, really, uh, the more that you look at this ridiculous business of the electric car, um, I mean, it doesn't matter where they are going to be uh, charged. Really, it's still going to need whatever electricity it needs to to charge up the cars. So, and how, how do they make that electricity? <laughs> it, it, you know, fossil fuels as well, not just not just renewable. I was silly last week. I can't remember. My neighbour just arrived from from Belgium, and he uh, he said uh, I made a big mistake. To him. He said, "What's that?" He said, "I bought an electric car." I said, "Oh," I said, "We're all going to have to buy one eventually." He said, "Yeah, well." He said, "I drove down from Belgium through France, no problem at all. Got over the Spanish border. It took him four days to get down from Barcelona because they there are there was one charging point. I think he said on the on the motorway." He had to go off the motorway and find charging points, you know, which 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 you've got to charge for a few hours, so you end up well, stop the night or whatever. Four days to drive his electric car from Barcelona, well, from the border down to uh, down to where we are. Which I did the same trip there and back. It's, well, it was five hours from here to Barcelona, so the border's about seven hours. So yeah, so a seven-hour trip took him four days. So yeah, uh, no, the, the the world isn't ready for electric cars yet. And it annoys me that they won't allow or, or give the green light, shall we say, or the blessing to hybrid cars. I hired a hybrid car in the States last time I was there. I was thoroughly uh, impressed by the mileage I got out of that bugger. I thought that was incredible. So surely that should be the high, a halfway station we should be aiming for, a hybrid vehicle. Well, I think they would have had... not dependent on, on a charging point. I think they would have been uh, far more successful had they gone that route and brought it in and got everybody onto the hybrid and then, uh, you know, then turned around and exactly. said... Exactly. Let's do it in small stages. Instead of being urged by the Green Party to, to go around dogging trees and kissing dolphins, 
uh, Glasgow All Electric, it doesn't work. If it takes four days to drive, plus the expense incurred of stopping over, four days to drive from the French border down to here, which is probably a seven-hour trip with an electric car, there's something very, very wrong. Terry, it's another week has gone by and um, we've had lots to discuss. Um, Okay, let's hope that uh, whatever it is that's um, obviously making you feel a little bit, uh, shall we say, sniffy, uh, let's hope that that uh, clears up very, very quickly. Get the lemons down you and uh, make sure you're 100% next week because we look forward to hearing from you. The only lemons I'll get down these with a gin and salt. <laughs> Thank you very much indeed. Thanks, Terry. Cheers, Vince. Bye bye. Speak to you next week, though. Thank you. Bye.